Hey everybody, welcome back. Thank you so much for taking time out to listen to our podcast. We're going to continue the conversation on what does it mean to be called? And thank you so much for joining us here under the fig tree. Manufacturer has the success built in already because this is what he determined that you're here to do. I heard you talk, I think, one time about, or probably more than once, about just riding this for a minute, that, that example of the manufacturer. And opening a brand new mobile device. And the first thing you see is what? The instructions. The instructions. Yep. The manual. Yep. That's so cool, man. Yeah, man. You know, I mean, because it's it's a visual that I think everybody can identify with. You know? Now, I know people. <laughs> I know people who absolutely hate reading <laughs> the manual. Why, why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> I wasn't thinking of you, but, you know, whatever. I'll leave that alone. And my guilt rises I do, up. I do know people who don't like reading the manual. Yeah. And it's just so interesting because, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in IT, so I'm a bit of a geek. I am. And I just feel like I know how to do this. But there may be something in there that I'm I'm going to miss, so I'm right. going to read it anyway. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I've only had a thousand laptops in my life, you know, and right. as many phones. I think I got the gist of how they work, but I'm probably going to refer to that manual just in case there's something new in there. That, And so, you know, it really becomes a matter of becoming disciplined. Great word. Becoming disciplined in, listen, watch this. Becoming disciplined in not the call, which is only the invitation, but becoming disciplined in your response to the call. Right. So if you said yes to the call, to the invitation, then there's a level of discipline. You said it at the very beginning when we gave the example of receiving a wedding invitation. We would like for you to join us in the these nuptials. Right. And you said it at the beginning. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm going. But guess what you're not going to do? You're not just going to go in jeans. Right. You're not just going to go in jeans and a T-shirt. That would be inappropriate for that particular invitation. So there's prep work when it comes to invitation. Now, I know I'm getting a little bit over there, and I want to make sure that people who are listening don't, don't misunderstand my point. There's no way for you to prepare yourself except for committing to the answer to the invitation. That's it. I want to make sure I say that so no one thinks, okay, no, I can't answer until I, you know, do 10 sit-ups and, and <laughs> run five miles. That's not my point. My point is, is that internally it's necessary to pay attention and to be, to be deliberate about your yes. That's right. If you give God a yes to his invitation, then there's that's, that's not the end of it. There's maybe something for you to do in preparing your heart, especially since God loves to not tell you up front which way he's going to take you. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I was looking at a couple of things, man. Um, even as we're talking, we talk about the calling, right? There's more to the to the calling than just ministry, because that's typically what, right? Yes. There's more to the calling than just ministry. You've shared a couple of things. I have First Peter 2, 9, uh, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you 
Yes. But what did he call you for? Did he call you to be part of the priesthood? Did he call? No, it says he had called you out of darkness. He invited you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Wow. Right? Wow. And and it, we'll, we'll get caught up because we see priesthood, right? We'll get caught up on that. No, no. He invited you out of the darkness because the only way you can be part of this priesthood, you got to come out the dark first. Wow. So he invites you out of the darkness into the light. And now you can be one of those peculiar people. Yes. And the reason why you're peculiar is because you're standing in light and everybody else is standing in darkness. Yeah, everybody you else know? is still in darkness. So it, it's more than just the, the call to ministry. And that's, again, that's to demystify it. Can I use that word? I can use demystify, can I? Yes, you can. To demystify it. It's not just about he's called to be a, a pastor. He's called to be evangelist or right. whatever. I, I, I'll go even further and say to de-religionize it. I'm going to make up a term. To de-religionize it. That's, that's, I think that's the first term you made up since we've been doing the podcast. Is it, is the first, the, I think it is the first one. I think that's the first term I've made up. I'm going to, this Bruce's dic- dictionary, y'all. De-religionize is De-religionize now is now an official word. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you're right. It does help to do that um, because typically what we we focus on is, you know, that kind of stuff. But, yes, sir. you know, being called out, uh, being called to, being called from, it's just, again, that invitation. And it has very little, in the grand scheme of things, it has very little to do with what we call ministry. Yes. Very little to do with Very that. little. Ministry or what we call ministry. And the reason I say what we call ministry is because what we have deemed to be ministry is only a portion of what ministry really is. Yes. Minister means to help. That's right. We use it as a title, but when you actually look at it in the in the Bible, it's used way more as a verb. Yes, sir. Than it is than it is a noun. Absolutely. Way more times as an action because minister just means to help. And as born again believers, we're all called, invited to help yes. to partner with God and to help. So are you a minister being born again? Yes, you are, but you can't look at it through the eyes of these religious titles and stuff like that. You Cannot. can't look at it through because then you'll never feel qualified to do that. That's exactly because you're looking through the lens of religion. But if you look through the lens of what God said that we are and who he called us, invited us to be, yes. he invited us to partner with him to help, help That's do right. what? Whatever it is he's calling you to do, whatever that's, it is he assigned you to is what he's calling you to help with. That's it. So at that point, as a born-again believer, are you a minister? You absolutely are. And people will tell you, well, you, you, you study long enough and you do all this, and then we'll give you the title. of I don't, You don't need a title of minister to be a minister. That's right. Right? You're a minister when you're born again because every born-again believer can help in some capacity. That's exactly right. In some capacity. And, in fact, every born-again believer should help. In some capacity, this is this is why it's the, what you just said, Troy. This is why it's so important today. Yeah, and why we're talking about it. Yeah, there, 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 there are studies out there, and there are people who follow these trends, and they follow where the Church of Jesus Christ is today. You know, what I'm saying where the Body of Christ is today. And I read um, uh, an article recently um, that talked about the vast number of people who have who who no longer attend a weekly church service right and this is why what we're talking about today is so important because you and I know that today more than ever I think there are more and more and more people who are just tired of the religious institutionalized way of doing church yes 
and they're looking particularly the younger people. They're yes. just like, ah, it, it's just, it just doesn't appeal to them. And you can do all these tricks and stuff in your local churches to try to bring people back. But the truth of the matter is, is that what we're talking about today, I'm hoping that many people will will hear this and understand that, number one, you have not been excluded from yeah. what we're talking about, yeah. from the call, the invitation. Yeah, man. Simply because you have chosen not to be a part of the institutional religious system that is what we tend to call Christianity. Now, I understand there's some people who out who may hear this who may not agree, who may, and sure. you're absolutely okay disagreeing with me. This is just two guys' take on on what we understand about our walk with the Lord individually and collectively and what we understand at this point in our life about the scriptures. So it's okay. You are absolutely empowered to to not agree if you don't agree. But from my vantage point, Troy, yep. and the people that I deal with and the people that I talk to and the people that I do life with, yeah. most of them are much younger than me and my wife. And so we get to sit and talk, real talk, and hear where they are. And it's interesting because... Sometimes they don't feel like they're, how, how do I say this? I, I spoke with a group of people and the Lord told me to tell them, hey, you are not second class citizens because you do house church. Boy, that's a good point. Because you do home church. Hey, I want you to know you are not second class citizens. You are right in the Father's heart and I want you to embrace it. That was a prophetic word that the Lord gave me for a very young home church that we visited. And as we began to worship and just love on each other and pray, that word came forth, right? So Mm -hmm. I think it's important that people who are in churches, that's not to, we're we're not bashing. We're not. We're not bashing local churches or the institution itself, but I'm not afraid to say that the institution has been askew, in my humble opinion, for a long time. Sure. And there's truths like this that need to be brought out so that people beyond what we call fivefold ministry gifts or fivefold ministry offices, that people beyond those five apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers understand that the call is nothing more than an invitation, and that invitation was given to more than just those that Jesus specifically wanted to be leaders in those particular gifts to help everybody else come. At the end of the day, what is it about? Service. It's about service. That's it. It's about service, man. That's it. That's one thing we'll never stop doing. Never stop serving. You'll never stop serving. You'll never stop serving. It's wired into us now. When you're born again and you have the DNA of God in you, that's part of God's character. It's part of his DNA is he serves. And we look at God serves. Yes, God serves. So we have to we have to recognize that that that's is wired into us now. That you, if you're going to be like God, you're going to serve. Yes, in some capacity, we will never stop serving. You know what I say? I live to give. Ah, I love that. I live to give. Yeah, love that. It's it's first nature because my my DNA from God is to serve. That's right. 
And and that may mean because service is many times a thankless job, but you do it anyway. Yeah. When it's part of your DNA. Yeah. You do it anyway. It's it can be thankless, but it's it's never not rewarding. But it's never not rewarding. <laughs> it's never Love not that, rewarding. Man. Love you that, know man. when you do things for God with God the way God wants you, to, it's never not rewarding. Exactly right. Uh, so that's a good thing. I want to switch gears real quick okay? because we have the calling, right? Yes. We have the invitation. Yes. Right. But now who invited you? Ooh. So that's the other part of the equation. Yes. Who invited you? Yeah. And I think that's the way we switched it around at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Who invited you? Yes. So I, I got something I want to read real quick. Please. Is that cool? First Samuel chapter three, verse one. I don't, I don't have my glasses. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, here we go. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Now, got to remember that. The word of the Lord was rare. Nobody was hardly hearing anything right. from God. In those days, there was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was laying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and the lamp of God went out, in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was. And while Samuel was laying down, the Lord called Samuel, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you have called me. Right. So God called Samuel, but Samuel thought it was Eli. Yes. Now, you got to recognize, Samuel was given over to Eli to be trained as a priest. Yes. And Eli was almost like a father figure to Samuel. That's right. So God called Samuel. And the Bible says clearly it was God that called him. The yes. Lord called him. Right. But he thought it was Eli. Yes. And he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went to lay down. And the Lord yet again called Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you have called me. Here it is again. Yes. Right. For you have called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not know the Lord, nor was the the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Mm -hmm. Right? And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Right? (laughs) Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Yeah. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down. And it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, your servant hears. So Samuel went to lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. Samuel, Samuel, said it twice this time, right? <laughs> and Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day, I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And he goes on to pronounce this whole thing. Here's the key. It's really important to know who called you. Yes. Because here's the deal. God called him, but he thought it was Eli. Yes. Just because you're gifted doesn't mean you don't have to practice your gift. Wow. You have to practice your gift. That's so good. There, There aren't any people that hear from God that don't practice hearing from God. That's right. That's right. So he hears God, right? He hears God, but he can't distinguish the voice yet because he doesn't know him. Mm. 
But the interesting thing is every time he went to Eli, Eli sent him back to where he was. Yes. Start all over again. Yes. So I keep going to Eli. He sends me back. Go to Eli. He sends me back. I go to Eli again. He sends me right back. But when Eli gave him the instructions of what to do, because this is God calling you and this is how you answer, it's interesting to know once he recognized who it was that was calling him. Yeah. The Bible says this in verse 1. It says, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Yes. But as soon as he answers the call yeah. of God and he recognizes who it is, yeah. then God starts to download to him. Yes. yes, yes. God didn't download to him when he thought it was Eli. That's right. Eli didn't have anything for him. Right. Eli wasn't the one that called him. Yes. But he had to answer the one who called him. That's really good. And when he answered the one who called him, then got the, the, the same word of God that was rare in those days is now flowing freely in his life. Wow. This is why it's important to know who calls you. Man, boy, that's so good. This is why it's important to know who calls you. And I will go on and say this. He did look at him as a father figure, right? Yes. And you can see this. Eli even looked at him as a son. He said, my son, I didn't call you. I, my son, I didn't call you. Now, he, yeah. this wasn't his, his biological son. Right. You know, he was more of a father figure to him, right? Yes. But... This has to be said, so I'm going to say it. Somebody might not like it. I'm okay with that, though. But here we go. Just because your father did it yeah. does not mean you're called to do it. Oh, boy. Okay? Doesn't mean that you're called to do it. And so many times we have people who, who go through this, and you, you might have somebody who goes a, a, a good ways in what we call ministry, yeah. and they have children and say, you know what? When I'm done with this, my son's going to take it over. Yeah. I'm training that might not be the purpose for your son wow. or your daughter or whatever. It may not be his purpose. Wow. It might be something you want him to do to follow in your footsteps, mm. but whose footsteps should he really be following? Yeah. So I will say that just because your parents did it, just because your father did it, just because I have a good friend of mine, he's getting a lot of pressure, right? He's getting yeah. a lot of pressure Yeah. to take over the church Okay. that his father pastors. Yes. And I'm like, okay, here's here's problem number one. If you're not graced, according to Ephesians 4, yeah. to be a pastor, right. the only thing you can do is start a train wreck. It's the only thing you can do. It will be horrible. That's <laughs> <laughs> the only will, thing you can do. It will be so bad. Because just because your father did it yes. doesn't mean that you're anointed to do it. It doesn't mean that you're graced to do that. It it doesn't mean that. And we get that so many times I yeah. want, I want to turn my business over to my son. Okay. That might be fine. Yeah. That might be okay. I get that. Doesn't mean your son has to run the business, but right. it belongs to, him. but, but when it comes to these, these things, no, you, we got to look at purpose, man. We have to look at, purpose. we got to look at purpose and, and where do I fit? Where do I fit? Because everybody, the body is jointly fit together. Yes. Right. So where do I fit? And it yeah. might not be in this capacity that my yeah. father wants me to fit. Right. Right. My, my natural dad. Right. But I need my father in heaven to show me, where I fit. Yes. Makes sense. Boy, that's really good. That's really, really, really good, man. And, and, and it, and that is something that happens a lot. It's something that happens a lot. We have some, we have some young friends who I think there was an expectation just like that. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and to their, to their credit, they, they, they kept, they kept trying to follow God while at the same time, not dishonoring their natural father, mm-hmm. and I, and we watched them and tried to tried to help and tried to say things that were encouraging and you know and that kind of thing to 
to, to help them continue to follow the one who called them, not the one who birthed them. Uh, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we, we have friends right now that, you know, that, that, that found themselves in that situation. And it's so interesting because they are producing on a level in the kingdom of God that is just bonkers. <laughs> it's just out of this world. Yeah. Once they made that decision and walked away and it was hard, there were hurt feelings. Yeah. There was some, pe- some people were more hurt because this young man and his father, the senior pastor and the young man, there's that their relationship is tighter than it's ever been. Yeah. But there were people in the church, Troy, that stopped talking to them. They were more hurt yeah. because they chose to actually follow Father God, and Father God apparently had another thing for them to do in another area of the body, as you so eloquently, you know, described just now. Yeah. And uh, and it was really something to see, and we're still watching it. They did it in such a way that they were able to continue to honor. I love you, Dad. Yeah. But I got to do what God's called me to do. Yeah. And so the relationship stayed intact, but they're in a totally different area of the body doing a totally different thing, and God is blessing it. He is showing them, yeah, this is what I've called you to. This is your purpose in the earth, and it's extraordinary to to witness that, you know? Yeah, and I, I, I love stories like that. I think as much as we talk about the calling and this is part of uh, demystifying it, or uh, what was the word you used? Uh, uh, Dereligionizing. Dereligionizing it. That is it's, the new word. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to know, and that's part of the process of doing all that stuff. It's important yes, to know who is it that called you. Yes, sir. It is. Also, uh, for, for, for folks out there, listen, the call, the call, the call, the call, the call is never, ever, ever more important than the one that called you. Oh. It will never be more important than the one that oh, called you. That's and you have right. to keep that in mind. You have to keep that in mind. The one that called you is always more important than the calling itself. Yes, sir. So, And, and here's the reason I just feel this inside why I need to say this. It's because there's some people who are struggling in that calling. And part of the reason that you're struggling in the calling is because you lost sight of the one that called you. Yes. Your focus will always be on the one who calls you. And the one that calls you will keep the calling. Yes, yes, right? yes, 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 that, yes. That's the way it goes. And so there are people, you know, you, you, you might not feel like you're getting the results that you're supposed to get. You might be struggling with this thing. This is way harder than I thought it was. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what direction. What you have to do is shut off all that noise. Yes. And you have to refocus your attention on the one that called you. Yes, and then let him prioritize everything else from there. That's exactly right. So I hope that helps somebody. That that's um, so good, man. Yeah. I'm glad you 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 thought of popping that in there because that is so, it's so good, man. Yep. I can remember years ago, many probably thirty years ago now, um, I had the wonderful privilege of leading a couple of my siblings to the Lord, but this one in particular. I I had the opportunity to lead him to the Lord, and and several years went by, and he. He felt that God had given him an, an invitation to help pastor his people. 
so he became a pastor. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he hit a particular place in his life where it just seemed that things had gone dry and things were just not working and it was just really, really difficult. And I remember him calling me and telling me we had this conversation. And honestly, as I listened to him, I'm saying to the Lord under my breath, oh, God, what do I say to him? Oh, God, what do I say? What do I say? What do I say? And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, tell him, sometimes all you have is the call. Ah. And that has to be enough. Yeah, man. Yeah. Sometimes all you have is the invitation. Let your yes be enough. If you let your yes be enough, your yes for God will always be enough. Your yes will represent the mustard seed, the mustard seed faith. Yeah. So sometimes, yes, I will allow it to feel like all you have is the invitation, the call. But if you let your yes be enough, I'll take care of everything else. I'm so glad you mentioned that. (laughs) I'm going to tell you why. Because I I had a scripture and I bypassed on it. Okay. And it kept sticking out to me. And I'm like, ah, we'll we'll bypass it. Hebrews 11, 8. Oh, yeah. Why does it says by faith, Abraham, when he was called, he was invited to go into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance. Mm-hmm. He was invited to go to the place of his inheritance, right? Yes. yes. Now you got to remember, of course, he obeyed, right? He did it by faith and all this sure. kind of stuff. But what did he have? He had an invitation. God said, just start walking this way. Get yes. away from your kin folks and go to a land that I'm going to show you. Yes. I'm not even going to tell you where the land is, but I'll tell you when you get there. Yes. And and so he, he obeys kind of because he took <laughs> a lot with him, but that's a different story. <laughs> but the, the key was his heart. His heart was in the right because he just started, I'm just going to go. You yeah. said go. All I have is the invitation. All you have is the invitation. All Abram had was the invitation. That's yeah. all he had. Yeah. He, he had no other instructions. He said, just go this way. Just start yeah. walking this way. Yes, sir. Just start walking, and I'll tell you when you get there. Yes, sir. All he had was the invitation. Yep. So I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to yep. let this one go, you know, yeah. Hebrews 11, 8. Uh, once you said that, I was like, oh, no, i got to bring it back up now. Yeah, no, no, that's that's perfect yep. because, be, because it is – I've been there many times. I'm sure you have too. Absolutely. You know, where it's like God but, – but he's molding. He's molding us in those times when he allows it to, to feel hard and to feel tough. And the, he's molding us. Yeah, man. You know, I mean, even Jesus in the garden says, is there another way we can do this? Yeah. If I can paraphrase it. Yeah. Even Jesus says, is there, because why? Because he understood that later the father understood. I got to let him go through that because I have to have, I have to present to them us a savior who can be touched by every feeling that tries to represent infirmity. That's right. So even Jesus had to go through, oh, Father, is there another way that we can do this? I don't want to do this this way, but you know what? Not my will, your will be done. So what does he do? He, He asks the question. He makes a request, but then he falls back on his yes. That's right, man. That's right. He falls back on his yes. You know what? Oh, never mind. Not my will, mm-hmm. but your will be done. I love it. I've already committed to this. I'm going to see it through. Yeah, and man. then God gives him what happens. Even in, even in that physical circumstances he w- that he was in right then, as soon as he makes the decision to stick with his original yes 
to the father, an angel shows up and ministers to him uh, yeah. and gives him what he needs to physically carry out what had actually already been done. I'll make you guys go and study this. Tell him. Uh, what tell had him. actually had already been done since before the foundation That's right. of the world. The lamb had already been slain since before the foundation of the world. So now Jesus is coming to physically carry that out and present that to the whole world and say, look what the father has done for you. Look what the father has given you. That's right. Would you, would you come? Here's the invite. Here's the call. Would you come? Great way to end it. I don't think we can add anything more. Listen, we have done our best to demystify and de-religionize the calling. <laughs> you know, it is so important to recognize and and I want to I want to preface this for especially young believers. You are called. Yes. Right now you are called. Yes. You don't have to wait until you get to a certain age. You don't have to wait until you've given God your yes as it pertains to your salvation. Now give God your yes when it comes to the next step because yes. you are called. And I, I love this. This is a great conversation. This is a great, great topic. Being called, knowing who calls you, and then keep your focus on the one that called you. Yes. And that is one of the more important things you can do in your walk as a believer. So I'm Troy. And I'm Bruce. And we thank you so much for spending your time with us here under the fig tree.